Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. We are live on YouTube once again. Figuring that out under my, if you want to watch these videos, you can watch them under my Aaron J. Yancey YouTube profile. Uh, I think I have to wait a few more hours before I can start loading these onto the actual Chew the Bible channel. So, Anyway, slowly figuring this out. Hope everyone's having a good day. It is, uh, what is today? May 27th, one fifteen in the afternoon. And boy, is moving turtle on turtle speed still. But hey, we're up and moving. When every, uh, I have every excuse to just be lying in bed and just rolled into a ball, depressed. Um, I refuse to do that. And so, yeah. We are I handled a few business things this morning. Reached out to a few few people. Family members had some good text conversations. Reached out to my old friend Scotty out there in Denver. Shout out uh to him. Uh he was telling me about his father that passed away when he was twenty years old. Uh, I vaguely had remember him telling me about that, but anyway, just it's good to know they there's friends and family that I can reach out to. I've kind of been also piecing together uh, a makeshift girlfriend lately uh, between uh, my old friend uh, out in Sacramento. Well, she's near Sacramento. Yeti. I call her Yeti. Um, her real name is Josette, but I call her Yeti. And uh, then, yeah, we talked for a while last night. She's two hours ahead of me, or behind me. There we go. Two hours behind me out there in Cali. And then, yeah, we had to stop talking because she had work this morning. So, uh, but that was a good combo. Um, it's funny because I had thought she... We go through these periods of time where we just stop talking to each other for various reasons. Partly, I've already told her that at one point I was trying to uh, prepare myself for a wife. So I had just like cut off all my relationships with women, as many as I could. Um, no matter how the depth of our relationship. And uh, I thought I had given her space because I hadn't heard from her in a while. But I come to find out her phone, she had some phone issues. And... Yeah, that's why she couldn't. She lost like all her contacts and a lot of stuff, and that's why she couldn't get in touch with me for like three weeks. And she like randomly messaged me a couple of days ago. And it was perfect timing because she's one of the. She's out of all my lady friendships I've had. She's one of the. She's up there as one of my favorites. Um, it's cool to be able to be friends with a woman, and it's not like. You know, there is some attraction there. I feel like there's a little bit of attraction with any woman I talk to. But, um, yeah, it's platonic. So, And she lives far away, so there's no temptation to do anything. Uh, what else? What else? What else? We did joke, though. We did joke that uh, or we made a deal that... I can't remember what date. I said if we were both single by a certain date that we would meet up in Utah. So we'll see about that. Uh, what else? I talked to my one friend, Chanel, a.k.a. Lisa McDowell, last night. She um, 
we watched a little bit of that movie. Uh, what's the name of that movie? I Am Not Your Negro. We watched about, after spending about almost 30 minutes just trying to get set up to be able to watch a Netflix video on Zoom, we finally figured it out. Finally figured it out. I had to change some settings and had to use her mom's account. Anyway, it was just, it was it was it was fun. It was a process. So we finally figured it out. Watched about thirty minutes of the video and then just had a good conversation about life and shared some things about my father with her. So that was cool. Uh what else? Uh, I'm just learning. That's the blessing of having family and friends uh, to reach out to. I need to do it more consistently so that uh, just those feelings of loneliness, you know. And then I'm going to go back to working. That's going to help out a lot. Just those feelings of loneliness and just also just crying out to the Lord. I spent about a good hour off and on just spending time with the Lord and worship and prayer and reading some scriptures and finishing up reading this book called Rhythm of a Captured Heart written by my pastor, John Brown. So that's been very, 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 very helpful. So um, I encourage all of you all that are going through a hard time or may have lost a family member to just um, one, go to the Lord, cry out to him. He hears your cries. He hears your prayers. And also pray that the Lord would just provide godly friends at your church or family members that you can lean on that would just listen to you ramble um, and that you can be for there for them too when they go through a difficult time. So and it doesn't always have to be when you're going through a difficult time to lean on somebody and love on people. So I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Yeah, I'm going to try to get out here. I'm so tempted to just take the, another day off. But it is Friday, and I make most a lot of money on Friday, so I am going to probably go get something to eat and then chill for a little bit longer and then probably go off and do some Ubering from like 5 o'clock till maybe midnight. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Is there anything else? Anything else? Please pray for me. I really could use a wife, though. <laughs> Oh man, I really could use a wife right now. But yeah, I want to be patient about it. I'm really patient about the process. And not rush it. Not just be in a relationship just for the sake of being in one. But Lord, you know I would really like one right now. Alright, uh Let's see, seven minutes in, that's not too bad. All right, we're in Ecclesiastes chapter 8. I'm going to go ahead and finish out Ecclesiastes. And then we get to get into Song of Songs, or Song of Solomon, some Bible say. It's going to get really, uh, really good. One of my favorite books of the Bible, Song of Songs. I'm trying to figure out this camera thing still. We'll figure it out at some point. I don't know. All right, here we go. Put the glasses on so I can read a little better. It's reading out the NLT translation. How wonderful to be wise, to analyze and interpret things. Wisdom lights up a person's face. 
softening its harshness. Mm. Or a person's wisdom brightens his face and the sternness of his face is changed. Once again, all wisdom is from God. Fear of God, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So technically what he's saying there really is you can in, you can insert God's wisdom, godly wisdom, where all wisdom come from, comes from. equals brightness and delight. Obedience to the king. That's the next heading here. Obey the king. Obey the king. Since you vowed to God that you, that you would. Don't try to avoid doing your duty and don't stand with those who plot evil. For the king can do whatever he wants. His command is backed by great, by great power. No one can resist or question it. Those who obey him will not be punished. Those who are wise will find a time and a way to do what is right. For there is a time and a way for everything, even when a person is in trouble. Indeed, verse 7, indeed, how can people avoid what they don't know is going to happen? Mm. None of us can hold back our spirit from departing. Exactly. None of us has the power to prevent the day of our death. There is no escaping that obligation, that dark battle. And in the face of death, wickedness will certainly not rescue the wicked. One of my prayers I say a lot is just like, Lord, just because people talk about premature death. I don't fully understand how that works. I've heard stories of people having near death experiences. I had a near death experience myself. Um, my prayers is like, Lord, just allow me to fulfill all my days and pray that I would not pass away before my time. Um, yeah. So something about, I don't fully understand how it works in the spirit realm, but I'm sure there's some theologians out there that could that will probably agree with me when I say that there are some people that were taken before their time, before, um, because of wickedness, the flesh, the world, the devil, um, some of their own poor choices, that person's poor choices. But at the end of the day, God knew the day when that person was going to leave. So it's like a whole philosophical debate you can get into. My main thing is like, Lord, Lord, allow me to live out all my days. And I uh, pray that I would have a fulfilled life. And my latter days will be greater than my former. And uh, thank you, Lord, that you know the day that I'm supposed to leave this earth. And uh, I pray that it would not be a day sooner so or a day later because I don't want to be um, I really don't want to be trapped in my body suffering as an old, like 100 years old. If I want to be 100, Lord, I want to be healthy and strong. So have all my limbs, have all my wits, all that. 
the wicked, be able to see, have eyesight. All right. The wicked, I was going to say have a nice tenderoni, but anyway. All right. The wicked and the righteous, like Abishai. The wicked and the righteous. That's the next heading. Verse nine. I have thought deeply about all that goes on here under the sun where people have the power to hurt each other. I've seen wicked people buried with honor, yet they were the very ones who frequented the temple and are now praised in the same city where they committed their crimes. This too is meaningless. When a crime is not punished quickly, people feel it is safe to do wrong. But even though a person sins a hundred times and still lives a long time, I know that those who fear God will be better off. Hmm. The wicked will not prosper, for they do not fear God. Their days will never grow long like the evening shadows. Now, this is a hard one here because our definition of what a long life is. I personally believe God is into the business of quality versus quantity, because I know people who lived like to be 16, 18 years old who did more for God's kingdom than some people who've lived here 100 years. You know, it had a greater impact, I should say, in God's kingdom um, in bringing more people into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and spreading the gospel and their life just being a living testimony. Um, yeah, so. Because some people, it's easy to say, like, why do some people live longer than others and or was there sin in their life? Is that why they died so young? And um, all I can keep going back to is like God's concept of time is way different than our concept of time. And um, technically, as my brother recently posted on his Facebook page, nobody really dies. We really don't die. Our, we leave this physical body, right? This earthly body that's decaying, right? Getting old, getting wrinkles and you know, all the things that come with aging, losing your hairline a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I trying to say? But yeah, our spirit, our soul continue on after we go cross over to the other side. And God gives us a new body, an eternal body where there's no... No forehead wrinkles, no receding hairlines, no need for another set of teeth. And um, I imagine I have some muscles. <laughs> anyway, let's keep reading. Uh, let's read that again. Verse 12. When a person, but even when a person, even though a person sins a hundred times and lives a long, light, long time, I know that those fear who fear God will be better off. I know I've heard that a lot. People be like, why does such and such, why did that person smoke every single day, right? A pack of cools, never got lung cancer, was strong as an ox till they were 80 years old. And then you got somebody out here over here that, that worships Jesus, eats all the organic food that's out there, takes care of their body, exercises, and they die like 30. I don't know the answer to that question. All I say is, thank God I'm not God. And I don't have to make those those executive decisions. All right. Verse 13. The wicked will not prosper, for they do not fear God. Their days will never grow long like the evening shadows. Hmm. 
I'm going to start paying closer attention to the evening shadows and just see how long they are. I've never examined that before. Or pay that close attention to the evening shadows. I love the wording there. Verse 14, and this is not all that is meaningless in our world. In this life, good people are often treated as though they were wicked. And wicked people are often treated as though they were good. This is so meaningless. In other words, this goes back to the phrase people say, why do, why do bad things happen to good people? And good things happen to bad people. And I always say, who says we're actually good? All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No man is good. No man is righteous. Only Jesus is the only. Now, there are people who do good things and have lots of character and integrity. But even those people aren't perfect. So to even try to say that we're good just shows you that we're. uh, What is the word I'm trying to say? It's like a form of self-righteousness. It's like, no, I'm not good. I'm Any good attributes, any good fruit you see in my life is only because of the grace of Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit operating through me. Uh, let's see here. Verse 15. So I recommend having fun because there is nothing better for people in this world to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all their hard work. All the hard work God gives them under the sun. In my search for wisdom and in my observation of people's burdens here on earth, I discovered I discovered that there man, this thing's acting goofy. I need to fix this. I discovered that there is ceaseless activity day and night. I realized that no one can discover everything God is doing under the sun. Not even the wisest people discover everything, no matter what they claim. I see what Tony Evans has to say. Chapter eight, right? All right. The apostle. The Apostle Paul commands Christians to submit to the governing authorities. See Romans 13, 1. So also, so also Solomon urges us to obey legitimate governmental authorities and to be careful how we relate to those authorities because of the power they exercise over us. Timing matters. When you do something, when you do something, when you do something is often as important as what you do. Certain comments, for instance, are not appropriate when someone is grieving. And when in mixed company, it's sometimes best to save your thoughts for a private conversation at a later hour. It's It's been weird navigating this whole time of my father being gone um, because I feel like in my interactions with people, they expect me to be a lot more sad 
right now. And it's almost like there's this expectation that you should be sad all the time, right? And I don't know. And it's weird when you talk to people or interact with people and you're not. They almost look at you like an alien or something. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to need God's grace and his help on my words. Um, I'm going to need his grace and his help when it comes to what I say, especially when I go to this funeral, because everything in me kind of wants to just like crack jokes to make light of everything and just keep a light heart. And that's kind of like a protection for me. Um, to see, keep seeing the brighter side of things rather than the sad side of things. I think I've shared this before. One of my favorite uh, funerals I ever went to, or it was like a celebration of life ceremony was uh now I remember the other one I went to was again my old pastor, Pastor Richard Burris there in St. Louis, who's the pastor of TCCWOC, Transformation Christian Church and World Outreach Center, and right there on Page Boulevard. I think it's on Page. There in the inner city of the heart of the city in St. Louis. And I just remember that church was packed. There were so many people there and they were praising the Lord and worshiping him and just celebrating the life that Richard Burris lived and just the job well done he did here on earth. And I want the same thing for my father. When we go out to Virginia, I just want to remember the laugh, the, the the good times and have some good laughs. I need to think of some funny stories. Um, I'm sure my brother will have some. My dad was kind of a serious, serious guy, but um Shoot, some of the funny stories are probably we probably can't share, like the real funny stuff, because <laughs> it was toward the end, um, like when we went to my brother's graduation down in Atlanta. That was hilarious. That was some wild stuff that happened down there. But uh, anyway, um, my big bro knows. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just want to really celebrate my father. And anyway, just like he said here. He said, for instance, he said, timing matters when you do something as often as important as what you do. Certain comments, for instance, are not appropriate when someone is grieving. So I have to be mindful that other people in my family are grieving. My aunt, especially my aunt, she was like a second mom to my dad. They were really close. And just his other brothers that are his other. Um, he got seven total siblings that are still alive. So. No, six total siblings. So we got um, um, Brenda, Uncle David, Uncle Greg, Aunt Velma, Uncle Calvin, and Uncle William, and Aunt Bonita. So yeah, he has seven Yeah, he has seven siblings still alive. And then, yeah, my father, Pam, and Cornelius are gone now. That was ten of, ten of them total. 
Yeah, including my dad made 10, 10 kids. He was one of 10 kids. Let me see if I got that right real quick. One more time. Uncle David. Uncle Corny. Uncle Greg. Uncle Calvin. Aunt Brenda. Aunt Benita. Aunt Velma. Aunt Pam. Uncle William. And Aunt Benita. There was 10 of them total. I think I got that right. All right, let's read these last two notes or three notes. The concept of authority is good is a good thing. God exercises authority over humanity. He ordains rulers to have authority over people. Husbands are called to exercise godly authority in their homes. Authority must not be abused. In other words, if justice doesn't come immediately, some people think it it isn't coming at all. God-fearing people, however, know better. Eternal judgment may be delayed, but it's certain. One day, the books will be opened. There will be a day of reckoning to determine the reward for believers and a judgment to punish unbelievers. We'll get into that in the New Testament. I guess the reward you got the judgment seat of christ which i believe is for unbelievers and you have the bema seat they call it b-e-m-a i think that's what they call it for rewards that christians will receive for our faithfulness here on earth how well we lived out our our our, our lives lives here on earth it says it will not he said it will not go well with the wicked Thank you, Jesus, for the blood of Jesus Christ and washes away my sins. If under the sun perspective, if the under the sun perspective is all you have, you're going to experience frustration and despair when you see all the inequities and injustices in the world. The way the world works is ultimately incomprehensible to man. We need God's perspective. This is a reminder that as far as our earthly. Oh, I'm done. That's the notes for chapter nine. I was about to start reading those. Let me read that one more time. If the under the sun perspective is all you have, you're going to experience frustration and despair when you see all the inequities and injustices in the world. The way the world works is ultimately incomprehensible to man. We need God's perspective. So until you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, in John fourteen six, no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Knowing you can't have a relationship with God without Jesus Christ. Um, can't have a relationship with, with God without Jesus Christ. And things, things won't begin to even make sense in life until you begin that road down having that relationship with the Lord with Jesus and um even as you go down that road there's a lot of things it's just like the hidden things the manifold wisdom or just the constant unveiling of his of his ways and even that he doesn't show us everything he shows us little glimpses of his of his glory as time goes on it's one of my phrases, favorite phrases. Like he shows us his glimpses of his glory. 
moment by moment, day by day. But unless you're tuned into it, it's almost like, all right, I, always, I, like, I like to equate it. Here's like the levels. So not having a relationship with Jesus Christ is like having the radio turned off, period, or not even having a radio in your car, right? Um, having, knowing about Jesus Christ, right? You were raised in the church, right? And you know the truth. And you might even have said the sinner's prayer, right? It's kind of like having a radio in your car, but, and knowing it's there, but never, if you never spend time in his word, going to church and prayer, or ever had that moment where you said, all right, God, I give it all to you. I surrender my life to you. That's like having a radio in your car, but never turning it on. And then, and then as part of sanctification, though, is when you finally, and it's the Holy Spirit that does this work inside of us, you know, we're saved by grace, not of works, so that no man can boast. So part of um, sanctification, that process, you you get saved, you accept Jesus in your heart, you, he does the saving. He knew you before you even became a Christian, right? Before you even want to have anything to do with him. He saves you. He rescues you from sin, death, and destruction, eternal damnation, going down the path, the wide path of destruction with Satan and following the narrow path, right, of Jesus, taking up your cross and following Jesus, right? So once you begin to go down that path, you he does the work of sanctification and making you holy like Jesus, making you perfect like Jesus, right? We'll never be perfect on this side of heaven, right? But we can be perfected, be pruned to be more more like him, to be molded like on the like the potter wheel, the clay. He says, I'm the potter, you are the clay. So he molds us, makes us a little more like him. And that's like actually finally turning on the radio for the first time. And it's like starts out having like the AM radio on, right? It's a little, I don't know if y'all remember when I was a kid in St. Louis, they had gospel 1600 was the Christian station and it was fuzzy, especially you went to different parts of the city and around like outside of the city limits, you would lose signal. And then the Holy Spirit begins to give you as you read his word and spend more time with him and you gain, you know, more of a history with the Lord and seeing him do some things in life. You see him part some red seas and just get like rescue you out of some crazy situations. And, um, then it becomes like the FM radio, right? The signal becomes stronger, right? But even with FM radio, when you go to certain cities and, um, you leave your major city that, you know, you're trying to listen to whatever K love, whatever you, NPR, then that signal, are you going under a bridge? Signal is stronger, but it still fades. And then eventually he brings you to a place of satellite radio. And satellite radio, you can hear all over the world, no matter where you're at. But even with satellite radio, have you noticed when you go under a bridge, you might not have, are you in a tunnel, one of those tunnels going out to Virginia, going to Portsmouth? You might lose signal with the satellite radio too. It won't be it won't be fully clear until we see Jesus face to face and we cross over to the other side and we leave this earthly body and we're in our glorified bodies. And then the signal will be clear. And what's crazy is even then we're still going to be learning things about the Lord 
the signal will be way stronger. Um, but we'll still be learning more and more and more things about the Lord. There'll still be, we still won't know everything about the Lord, about Jesus Christ and his, his, his infinite wisdom. So, um, Anyway, Heavenly Father, thank you for this word and thank you for this time spending in Ecclesiastes chapter 8. I pray as we continue on wrapping up the rest of Ecclesiastes, Lord, give me the strength, the energy, and the uh, wisdom to really say some things that are going to transform people's hearts, their minds, that will resonate in their hearts and their minds, and cause them to just draw closer and closer to you, to have a desire to read your word, to study your word, and not just study it for the sake of studying it but studying it because it does transform the way we think, the way we talk, and the way we act. Thank you that you're a good father, you're a gracious father. I thank you that my father's up up in heaven cheering my brother and I on and the rest of our family. And Lord, we just thank you, we thank you, thank you that you are doing a great work here on the earth and in heaven. And we look forward to uh we look forward to that day when we stand before you, Lord and Every and seeing that sight of everyone, every knee bowing and every tongue confessing that you are Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all, I'm gonna keep going. BRB. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name, I pray. Amen.